It's Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Ridge Podcast. And we're talking to Brian, Cowboy Brian, but your name's Thornhill. Your real name's Thornhill. True. Where did Brian come from? It's just a long, boring story. Yeah, like Thornhill. That's a sick name. If that was my name, I'd be like, fucking don't call me Brian. Call me Thornhill. Thornhill Loomis. Um, yeah, so wait, Loomis is also the first name? No, that's my last name. Oh, okay, okay. So you're Brian Loomis. Thornhill is my first name. Okay. Thornhill Haviland Loomis. Haviland. But Brian's this amazing dude that I've... Troy introduced me to this guy. I, there's not very many people that I can talk to about movies and music that can really have the same appreciation because we've, I, I don't want to call it work, but like, you know, for lack of a better word, like we've done the work, we've put in the hours, we've done the work. Well, just because we love it. Like we've spent the time watching all the movies and listening to all the music. If I watch a good movie, I'm not going to be like, Oh, that was dope. I'm going to be like, whoa, like who did that? Let me go see all their stuff. Right. Sometimes I wonder why someone wouldn't do that. But you've obviously done that. And if you like an album, a Steely Dan album, as much as you obviously have, you're going to go and you're going to listen to all their albums or get all their albums. Yeah, we could talk about Steely Dan if you want and nothing else. That would be fine. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. Are you familiar with Steely Dan? Uh, No. So, so... (laughs) He's 22. So this is one thing is that we, 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 we want to keep, um, I would love to do that and we will do that. But I think that like, there's only a few people that would want to hear that. I know. So we're going to, that's why it's sad. Yeah. True. Yeah, it really is. But we're going to keep it. Um, uh, I don't know if, these aren't really loud. We're good, right? Yeah, we're good. Uh, that's why Wickham, it's cool to have Wickham here because he kind of keeps it um, accessible. Yeah. But yeah, Steely, I mean, just on a on a surface level, what's, in your opinion, I mean, so Steely, they're just two great musicians. I mean, do you have Wait, any can, fun Can you guys or? give me the lowdown on what Steely Dan is? Like real quick? What's real quick? <laughs> just like a synopsis yeah, if possible like a summary. You know? well they're two guys so they hire studio musicians so they're it really if you hear a guitar solo it's two on, guys that, that uh, muscled their way into a record contract they never officially got one and what, what year was this? 1972 wow. okay. see I didn't even know that they named their band after a dildo mm-hmm. in the book Naked <laughs> Lunch <laughs> Naked Lunch which is a Bukowski they said that if they had any idea how long they would have been they were going to be around, they would have never called themselves Steely Dan. They became embarrassed by the name. <laughs> Which like, kind of is a little bit of foresight about their like, the, how they approach things, right? They don't take themselves too seriously, no. but they perfect their craft. They're having fun, and they're doing it because they want to do it. They're not doing it with this idea in mind, like, we're going to sell. It's this authentic thing. Yes. Which is which kind of coincides with this idea with their name. They're having fun. Oh, see, because Charles Bukowski is one of the great writers of our of our time, and he wrote Naked Lunch, and he's, you know, uh, everyone's every artist's hero, unless you're a fucking idiot. Right. He's an alcoholic, insane yeah. psychopath he's from San Pedro, where I live. And and they named they named their band after him. So continue. They were in a band before that called the Leather Canary. Whoa. 
and Chevy Chase played drums with him briefly. What? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Was this before he started acting or like? This is around the same time he was doing all of it. Interesting. But But, um, is Steely Dan like as well? Like, are they really well known or do you guys? Well, they headlined Coachella two years ago. Oh. They're like, so they're so dope that they became like actually cool in the hipster world because like, yeah. I mean, look, when it comes to production, if you listen to, like, if I were to play you something, like, if you listen to a, a Steely Dan record like Asia or whatever, like, as loud as my system will go, you're going to hear the best production, like, period. That's, gonna, what, that's what they're known for, really. Mm. I, and, and, and I've seen the Asia documentary or oh, the yeah. making of, which oh, is, yeah. I mean, they have, like, toy, you know, uh, little toy um keyboards and trash cans and they literally have like 70 layers of percussion and it's mixed perfectly and when you listen to their music back when they had like four tracks no 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 oh this is this is like hundreds of tracks on a neve board and like you can hear every fucking little sound and and it's also simple like we were having a conversation yesterday about how it's harder to make like off-white like just simple simplicity is the key to like art, but Mm -hmm. doing it in such a way to where it's actually not simple. It's actually hard, but it, yeah, something sounds simple. Then it's actually a lot harder to have Mm. accomplished. So they're just, they're just great, very well-trained musicians and their music doesn't sound like anyone else's. No. And their whole thing was that they wanted to create irony, which is impossible for someone your age to really, understand the context of that because now everything's saturated in 50 layers of irony like all of society yeah so this was before that and this an irony was like a new idea yeah and 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 it was it was and um so essentially their whole deal was they they knew that if a song if a song sounded good then no one would be then they could get away with murder lyrically Mm. so so their lyrics are are horrendous subject matter. Okay. That was going to be my next question is like, do their, does their subject matter follow like the idea, the ideology behind their name choice? Like is the same? Oh yeah. But, but, but can can we talk about just one of my favorite lyrics? Um, um, drink, drink scotch whiskey all night long and drive behind the wheel wheel, and die behind the wheel. They got a name for the winners in the world. I want a name when I lose. Yeah, they call Alabama the Crimson Tide. I want a name when I lose, motherfucker. Yeah. I don't want to win. They have a like, lot of Like, that to me is, I wanted to get that tattooed. Yeah. But, like, what is, to me, that's not simple. That's, like, I don't know. Like, that's, like, so dope on so many levels. Like, and die behind the wheel. Like, they talk about doing cocaine and drinking and dying behind the wheel and, yeah. and, one of their most famous songs is about drunk driving. I mean, that's where they're at. Mm-hmm. But they got people a name. are singing along because the, it sounds so slick. But it's like, they're not even paying attention. But to it's what so saying. dark, yeah. right? But it's they got so a name dark. for the winners in the world. I want a name when I lose. Yeah. What is that? I mean, I know what that means to me. But I guess you can. I guess that's the greatest thing about like like real art is that you can take from it what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they made a point to almost never explain their lyrics, and if they did, it was, it was all bullshit. Yeah, 
And well, that's what, what did you mean back to when you said about uh, I miss that music. Even Nirvana had that. Yeah, and and and, and all the '90s. Sorry, I'm much more familiar with the '90s for sure. Um, but what did you mean when you said music now is in 50 layers of irony? Mm. Not music, but just cold everything. I mean, everything has been made into a joke by a uh, hundred people, 24 hours a day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, if you watch a sitcom from when I was growing up, it's a different planet because like, what's one of the sitcoms? Oh gosh. I mean, they're terrible. They're all terrible. But, but what's like the big one? Well, if you watch even something like different strokes, have you ever okay, heard of that? I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no, it's, there's no irony at all. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you, do you mean like the, there's less laugh tracks and they're, they're not cracking jokes every five seconds? No, they're cracking jokes. But, you know, back in the day when somebody said, do you want to come over? And somebody said, yeah, I do want to come over. There was no subtext to, the, to that. They were asking if they wanted to come over. And now everything has like so many layers of everything. Whoa. It's constant jokes. Well, uh, about do you everything. have an example of like something now that's like that? Because I feel like you're you're right for sure with the irony of today, like even rap music, and um, even in the hips in hipster culture, you know, what I mean, it's probably why Steely Dan is so big. Like irony is so cool, mm-hmm. and um, you you mentioned Off White and their whole branding. This is clothing company is I- irony. Mm. So they they have these big white boots that in big black text and quotes it says for walking on it. And then on the laces, it says, quote, shoelaces. Like, it's so, it's become so, like, it's almost like meta in a way. And there's, but, like, tags that's, on it. Yeah, they, like, leave, there's a tag that you're supposed to leave on it. This is, like, the most popular brand right now, period. This, this dude was Kanye West's, like, art director. Yeah. And he made a clothing line called Off-White. And now he's the creative director of Louis Vuitton. But, um, but his irony is more, I, I like it because it's more, like, meta. And it's more like sophisticated than like everything's a joke irony, which I think is the majority. But also at the same time, super simple. Nothing matters, you know. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Back back when I was growing up, a lot of people knew they weren't clever. Mm. Hmm. And they didn't even try, and it was nice. (laughs) Can can we turn him up a little bit, or yeah, keep. So I don't, I don't quite, I, I want to further understand that. Like, like they didn't know they were clever. Oh, they were just kind of doing No, they it. knew they weren't clever. Right. So they but were now just. now everyone is really clever. Mm. Or they think they're clever. Even when they're not, they're really clever. Mm. You, you do it here a little bit because that's not going to do anything. It was nice when everybody knew they were fucking idiots. Mm. It's a different world. And then now people are like, I'm the shit. I know everything. I'm smart. I don't, I, 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 it's hard to like explain this, huh? We have so much information now, but we, Mm. but we know, you know, yeah, a lot less. What, 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 what are your thoughts on like today's music? Well, like from what you've heard, like on the radio or what? Or do you have kids? No. Um, 
I've heard some songs recently that are just kind of mind-blowing, incredible. Like who? Well, there's a song that I can't stop listening to for about a year that just came out um, by a band called The Big Moon. They're British, and it's called The Road. Mm. And I just don't get how it exists. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's, oh, you, you know? You no, I, 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 I don't. It's, uh, I don't know. I can't get over it. I've probably listened to it, I don't know, hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. The road. The band is, oh, The Road. Okay, okay. The, the band's called The Big, Big Moon. The Big Moon. And, um, yeah, I was, the, in a, I was in a coffee house and there it is. Oh, boy. Uh, you know this, Troy? Yeah, there's just so much music out there. All girls, four girls. Yes. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, you like Heim? A little bit. Um, yeah, there's a, there's some really good artists out. Father Father John Misty. Um, you remember Fleet Foxes? Yes. He's the drummer of Fleet Foxes, oh, but, nice. but he wrote those songs also, and he write. This is his solo. But yeah, M eighty three, MGMT. But yeah, Big Moon. That's that's really great. I'm gonna trip on that. T- Tim just called me. I don't know if you want to check in. Just tell him I'm doing a podcast. Continue. I just threw in a couple extra. No, yeah, yeah. Who else? I I think Wickham was maybe expecting you to say like, dude. He he like. I, I was thinking he was going to go somewhere and he just went like all the way. Yeah, because he's a, an actual. Yeah, no, yeah. He like. I actually was, was thinking maybe you were going to just shit on everything too. But like, I think that if you really love music and art, like you actually want to find. Well, I'm always looking for music that stirs me. And you want it. I want, I need it. Yeah, you need it. You don't, it's, you're not looking to hate on shit. No, I'm looking to have something change my life. Yeah, me too. Always. Right? That's the real... And, and if someone's going around, oh, I fucking hate everything that's new, it's like, okay, well... There's a lot it, of great stuff. It's just harder to find. Yeah, because... Yeah, well, that's actually a good point. And the reason it's harder to find is because, I don't know, there must just be mostly idiots walking around that, well, that, are, that are wanting the, 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 the bad shit because that's the shit that's, 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 that's more popular. Well, and, and anyone can make music now. There's That's, no more gatekeepers. There's no more like, I mean, yeah. labels are there, but they don't have as much power as they did And before, this is a so. conversation that we've I, been having for years. I think that's a big element mm-hmm. is that anybody can release something now. And yeah. So there's so much. But that, I, I think it's good and bad though, because it's bad in that it's, we were oversaturated with a lot of trash. 
but it's good because now everyone gets a shot. Like that group, maybe they don't, maybe we don't hear that song if it's 20 years ago and the entry level to even making a record is like, you got to get, you have to be, be touring. You have to be experienced. You have to get a label deal. Like, you know, we've had this conversation so many times about like what, why it is the way it is. And it's obviously because of the internet on a basic level, but it's almost like, um, 20 years ago we were in, in and out. And now we're in a Seven Eleven, and like in and out, there's not a lot of options, but they're all fucking good. Right. And at Seven Eleven, it's like you have all this shit. You know, I don't know. It's kind of a no. That's true. And and, and, and when I was growing up, there was a radio station, an AM radio station, called the Mighty Six Ninety, and everyone. And I was in sixth grade, and everyone listened to the Mighty Six Ninety. And the Mighty 690 would play Ozzy Osbourne. And then the next song would be The Talking Heads. Mm. And then the next song would be Jerry Rafferty. Mm, that's and, the Talking Heads is that song I play, The Psycho Killer, with uh, DDO's here. And the yeah. next song would be Dire Straits. And then Dude. they would play <laughs> The Cars. And then, and everyone knew all of the music. Mm. And there was, it was, no one was putting in any of it into a box. It was just good music. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone knew it and everyone heard it and they played, you know, Led Zeppelin and, and Madonna. Yeah. That, that is something nice too, is that like, there is like a, almost like a unifying characteristic of music. Cause there was like the radio, you know? Yes. And so like everyone knew like the big songs and now it's like, it's getting to this point where everyone's so in their own little niche yes. that like we don't know each other's music. Sometimes. That is that is that's the key point to me to why music is everything's so sad about it now mm-hmm. because it's not a shared experience anymore. Mm-hmm. There's a disconnect. When you're listening to a song when 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 you're listening to a song on the radio when I was every time you'd listen to a song on the radio growing up there's something intrinsically comforting about the fact that other people were listening to it yeah also. it's crazy yeah and that's gone yeah. um it's so powerful I, would, I wouldn't say it's gone i'd say it's a lot weaker but it will be gone and it's on a downward trend it's still like a little bit there but it's gonna it's it's event it's a dying that unity is for sure dying but i think it's also just like the other good and bad. I think there's the bad is that everyone's disconnected and they all have their own little niche that they're in. But the good is that there's so much out there. You could find something that like is almost tailored perfectly for you. I don't like that. Mm. I haven't felt like a unified experience since outcast released. Hey, ya. That was the last time I feel like everyone was listening to the same music. Wow. That's actually, I I mean, yeah, it was probably around the time when like, like, yeah, that's, it didn't matter who you were. I mean, there's that's what's so cool about yeah. Andre, actually. Yeah, everybody was listening to that. He's a music guy, mm-hmm. like Andre 3000. Like, he's it like, shows, yeah. hey, let's make a song. Let me make a song. I'm an artist. I can make a song. Dog, you need to put that. But now, in. like, you know, I discovered the big moon, and, and, and Troy knows it because I played it for him. You guys have never heard of it. Dude, I should know that. That's what I mean but by you like, the shared it? experience. Okay. So here's the thing, though, that's kind of cool. Um, 
you heard it in a coffee shop and they had a playlist on probably Spotify or whatever and they probably didn't know it. But we have these playlists. It's all singles based. It's splintered and fragmented mm. and these playlists are just like like yeah, the coffee shop had on the fucking indie hipster playlist on Spotify and and yeah, I don't I don't like that stuff. I know, but you found this song through it and but yeah, I am with you. Like, yeah, but the, you know, it was buried in I know in the middle of a thousand songs <laughs> that pretentious. made me feel carsick. Yeah, exactly. I don't either. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. This is probably like towards the tail end of what you were talking about with Outcasts. But I remember when I was in the fourth grade, me and my brother were really into Green Day, and we bought. Was it Dookie? Yeah, well, we had, we had the CD and like everyone had it. Yeah, it was like a thing. Everyone in the class had it and we were all listening to Dookie yeah. together. Yeah. And like people had like Green Day wristbands and yeah. like everyone was like all about Green Day. Yeah. And that's it. And, uh, honestly, like, yeah. though, but it's and, not but like you, that anymore. And because no. now it's like, now it's like, I'm into this guy and then like these like seven other guys. Yeah, but like you're think into, about like, this guy. Maybe you have like one or two guys in common, but like the amount of commitment we have to each artist varies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like this weird imbalance. It's really hard to find someone who like meshes perfectly with your taste in music now. Another part of it is that digital music is really bad for you. It actually weakens your body. <laughs> Yes. I'm not kidding. Okay. Know, so, what do no. you mean? So many years ago in, when I lived in New York, I went to this thing, this seminar, because they were about to release um, a high-definition CD, a CD that was going to be as good as vinyl. Okay. And so there's hundreds of people in this big auditorium, and a guy goes up there and says, it can't be done because digital music – CDs, digital music in general, goes into your body the same way that a fluorescent light goes into your body. It goes in in pulses, and your body hates it. Your body actually hates it. And everyone was like, bullshit, you know? And he said, anyone can come on stage, hold your arm out, tell me something that's true, and I'll try and push your arm down. Because your body is strengthened when you are saying something that's true. And your, your, your body hates lying, too. And it's the same thing. It weakens your body when you lie. So he's like, tell me something that's true, and I'll try and push your arm down. And somebody would go up there, and they would say something that's true, couldn't move their arm. And then he would say, tell me something that's not true, arm would go straight down. No fight. And then they put on a record, vinyl, couldn't move anyone's arms. CD, straight down, no fight. Did they know, was it, a, was it a double blind? Like, did they know that which one was the CD and which one was the record to prevent any bias? Oh, yeah, but it was, I mean, it's a true thing. Well, sound waves from vinyl. Um, Analog waves are really good for your body. It actually strengthens your body. And when I was growing up, People used to get together and listen to music. This would be an event to get together and listen to music. That yeah. was the main thing to get together and listen to music. People don't do that anymore by and large because subconsciously we hate it. It's bad for us. It's like waiting at a bus stop in the rain 
we'll do it because we need the ride. But well, yeah, there is something like almost like analog vinyl is almost more advanced than digital in a way because you look at like the grooves on a vinyl and you're like, this is where the song is rather than like zeros and ones. And I feel like I'm more mystified by how they made that than an MP3 well, also, file. Also, analog waves are like, they're like waves and then digital waves are like little... If you put on a record, square, you that's feel like, better than if you listen to a CD or a downloaded thingamajiggy. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really know exactly why. There's a bunch of reasons why I like vinyl. I mean, and I've always wondered if it was like a placebo effect, but I don't know. It's not. Well, I, 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 I just, feel like a good, a good analogy was like something I know a lot about. It's like film photography versus mm-hmm. digital photography. Mm-hmm. And like, if you zoom in, I went to the the headquarters of the IMAX studios and they're all about film there. And if you zoom into a digital image, it's just pixels. It's like, this is blue, this is red, you know? And if you zoom into a film strip, it's these random particles. Like there's, this is like longer than this one. They're like rice grains. And then like, they're like, they alter in color and there's like gradients in them. And then each frame is a different pattern of those rice grains. And the way you're getting the image isn't through zeros and ones. It's light literally affecting the chemical structure of that film strip. And I feel like there's something... There's, Dude, there's something like so... like That's or, more impressive to me or, than the digital photo. It's organic. It's yeah. organic versus like man-made. Yeah, or, or or mechanical. Mechanical, I think that it's was like a dope. Little, little lifeless. That was dope, Wickham. <laughs> Kids, he's the most woke twenty-two-year-old maybe I've ever met. It's pretty cool, but I I think the comparison between film and digital is a very like good comparison to comparing analog music to digital because. I, there's something about film I like when I watch Rocky. I don't, it's just like, it's just, there's something, you know, I could try to explain it, but like, I just like can't because mm-hmm. it, it, like that's a film print. Um, and if you look, it doesn't look, it's like there's something about like a digital picture that's like too clear. It's like too sharp. And there's something about, vinyl and 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 film that's like organic and warm and um real or get like it's like yeah. i can't i feel i feel, I feel like the, it. the vinyl and the film like vinyl actually captures the audio right the grooves in the vinyl right and film literally captures the light mm-hmm. and i feel like digital music and digital photography are just copying it yeah instead of truly capturing it and like honing it and keeping that energy. That's true. And, and also the other cool thing and is it, if you it, listen to vinyl and it was recorded on two inch tape and it was actually recorded like analog and then you put it on vinyl, that's the way it's supposed to be. If you make something digital and you put it on vinyl, it's not really, I, I never really want to buy a, a, you know, a new artist that that recorded something into pro tools i'm looking to like like father john misty is a new rock artist but he's recording it on tape 
because he wants it to maintain mm. its integrity when it goes to vinyl. Yeah, and I feel like also it feels a lot better to listen to that. And yeah, I mean, I I, I, I I think it does, and I've done a lot of tests and stuff. But like, honestly, like just the fact that I know it's happening, it, I'm really, going to be honest. That's like a big part of it. What for we me. really have to do is not tell you, like keep you blind, and like so we really see. Well, I'll tell you what doing. I have done. I have played um, Michael Jackson's "Off the Wall" from my phone and vinyl and I've gone back and forth and back and forth. I've also done this like with a preamp and no preamp and through the phono and through the line with vinyl. But, 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 but when you listen to an MP3 from iTunes, it's just, it's just like obviously not as good as when you hear it on your arm. I'll go straight down vinyl. Yeah. And, uh, also the other thing that like kind of furthers the, the premise of it capturing the image rather than copying it is that if you like no two vinyls have the same exact grooves, right? And then if you take the same picture like on a tripod of a wall twice, they're different. But if you take it on a digital, they're the exact same. And I feel like those variables in how the product comes out depending on what time it is or when it was recorded is more genuine to like reality. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, also, no two vinyls are the same. That's what I said. Yeah. 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 It's in the same way. Because, like, you know, actually, you were good for, you know, Casey from Record Outlet. So, oh, yeah. You know that his friend that has that vinyl, like, I guess his son works there. Yeah. What's it called? Um, I don't remember. They sell, like, they have, like, a, um, a Steely oh, the, Dan. the Record Outlet. No, no, no. His son works at this this, uh, this this guy's house where he sells records, vinyl, okay. and they have a a, a copy of um, uh, Ecstasy, uh, Gold, the Steely Dan record, um, Countdown to Ecstasy. Countdown to Ecstasy. That's five hundred dollars. It's just that's how much that record costs. Mm. You can talk too, by the way. Troy's in the background listening to all this because he's a he appreciates this stuff but like that's a $500 record because it's fucking perfect and this dude has like listened to it and like it was one of the first prints like the more times they print these records the more times the the metal lacquer whatever gets worn down so at the end and then they replace it and then the first one is like the best one does that make sense and then they make like a thousand and then by the time you're at the end of it it's like it's not as good but I mean, we're, we're really talking about very, like, um, nuanced, subtle things where I think, honestly, at the end of the day, a good picture is a good picture and a good song is a good song. Well, yeah, and I, I also feel like you kind of live on both worlds because I remember yeah. you talking about being in Hyper Crush. Yeah. And I brought up some artist. Oh, I brought up Foo Fighters. Mm. And you were like, fuck the Foo Fighters. It's like, why? They're dope. I love Dave Grohl. And you were like they were you resented them for trying to uh prolong the life of analog and you guys are going completely digital um can i free bass in here i've been doing it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you're picking it up on the mic a lot I, i i i just don't think that anything should ever compromise the art and i don't think how you're doing it is the art the art is the art. 
I don't care if you're fucking, if a robot, if you're programming a robot to do it, it's coming from your brain and I don't want something to get in the way. Like if a cool sounds coming from like a software synth and that's the sound, I don't need to like try to replicate it on a real analog Juno. It's like, it, none of it matters. Like it, none of it matters. Like all that matters is that the person listening to it on the other end is like feeling something mm-hmm. like that's it. Cause all this other bullshit, like, you know, it, it's like, it's like, we're, we're, we're going to be doing this music video and, and, and someone's walking through a mirror and, and knows like, Oh, I don't want to do it that way because people are going to know that it was easy to do. And it's like, dude, like, I don't care what anyone knows or thinks or if they're, it's just all that matters is that it, 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 it I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. Like I, I the think integrity that, of the artist being true to themselves is more important on how, than how they make the art. Yeah. I mean, because honestly, like we're making art for like for everyone and ourselves. Well, this is where it kind of gets a little bit tricky. But like, it's not, um, you know, most people don't don't know or care like how it was made. Mm. I mean, we kind of do. I do, but like, I don't yeah, think, most people don't. I don't think that should be like your 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 main driving. And that's the thing about Father John Misty is like he's. He likes doing it on two inch tape because he just likes that. But but he's also like a forward thinker and trying to be like have a new sound and like I'm not. I don't think that that's getting in the way of like his creativity or he's like up on a hill, screaming, "I do it like this way." You yeah. know what I'm saying? He's yeah. just like doing it because he's doing it. But yeah. So so Brian, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is um, so if you compare like the top charts of the 1990s to the top charts of like today, you could see like a huge drop in like substance and like meaning in music and like emotion. Right. And I'm wondering if it's because that music is more out there and available that people like want to listen to it or is society itself changing and not wanting to experience those things or even like listen to that type of art. And so they're choosing to not listen to that. Like, what do you think it is? Well, first you agree. Well, that's like a five part question. It is. It's a, yeah, it's th- a these question. are, these are tricky. But I think about this. Yeah. These are things that was are... the first part. So, um, it's like a chicken or the egg situation. What came first? meaningless music or do people want or do people just have people just changed over time in the year 2018 to not have the need for meaningful things i think the charts in the 90s were just as meaningless as they are now and just as full of substance as they are now but i think what's happening now is that music is hoard because nobody has to pay for it and a lot of people just don't respect it at all anymore Mm. It's just like it's just like a temporary like let's party in my car on the way to the club. You don't have to pay for it. That's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's a really really sad thing to do to music. Yeah, Mm. and and it's not even that like someone did it. It's just like it just happened. Yeah, it's and there's no like commitment. Like there's no like investment. Like a good example is like. I had like a Nintendo DS, which is like a, it's like a really, it's like a better Game Boy. 
and I would buy games for it. And they're like $60, right? And every game I'd buy, I'd beat it like 100% it. And then my friend told me this little chip I could get where I could get like like 100 games yeah. for free. And we killed it. And then you. I put 100 games on there and I would play each game for like once, like like one day and I was like over the game. Yeah. But when I like bought it and I had one, I was like, I'm going to go in. So that's what I'm saying. And then I played less games because I had more and they were free and like I didn't have to invest in them. Bingo. I think that's an amazing answer and I think that we've gotten caught up on the wrong thing because as you were asking that question, I think you kind of have a tendency to over or maybe we both do to overgeneralize or oversimplify Yeah. when the truth is like, yeah, like Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, a lot of these artists, they weren't really saying a whole lot. I think Nirvana was. Either. I mean, I mean, not really. I mean, I don't even understand half of what he's saying to begin with, but which is cool. It's art. Like in the same way that like Travis Scott or whatever, Kendrick has a lot of woke shit. Like there's, there's meaningful and meaningless music today as was there in the nineties. Although I will go as far as to say that like in the seventies and maybe even the sixties because of what was happening in the culture, I think that, and maybe because music and rock was kind of a newer thing, they were, there was a little bit more profound things happening. I don't know. I think so. But I think that's actually not really so much even the the issue. I think the real issue is that it's free and it's overly accessible and oversaturated as is like everything in our world. Um, I just think everything is more, there's more people on the planet. There's more irony. There's more songs. There's more movies. There's more art. There's just more everything, which kind of brings me to this like Ray Kurzweil singularity thing, which is that like humans need to be modified to keep up with it all, Mm -hmm. which we might think is a bad thing, but really it's just like evolution and like we need to embrace it, which is going to be difficult. But like, have you seen the documentary? Um, Probably not. (laughs) Ray Ray Kurzweil did a documentary called uh, singularity um, about technology uh, um, and how it's growing at an exponential rate. So like what happened in 10 years, 10 years ago happens in like five years. I haven't seen it, but I'm watching, I'm watching that documentary all day, every day for 30 years. Yeah. But this guy invented the Kurzweil electric piano. He's Kurzweil, right? Right. He's a genius guy. And it's really amazing because he's talking about this computer that I'm holding in my hand, which is my phone used to be the size of this room. And it was like not even anywhere near as powerful. So in like, literally like two years, it's going to be even smaller and more powerful. And then in 10 years, it's going to be the size of a microchip that we could just put inside of us. And then that microchip will tell us how to heal ourselves and we'll have instantaneous knowledge of everything. And we'll basically be, I mean, look, we, we carry our phones with us, which makes, which, which basically because our phone is an extension of us, we are androids. So this is just the very beginning of that. So we're talking about sort of how evolution is affecting us in its early stages, this technological revolution, how it's affecting us. And it feels negative at first. Music is free. Everything's oversaturated. But I think once we 
or I'm hoping that once we are able to modify how we receive this information and we can streamline it and it can be quicker and faster, then we can, we can reach like an elevated. You're so much more optimistic than me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I, yeah, uh, I try to be Yeah, because, because this stuff is happening. Right. So I'm rather than be like, fuck, I'm trying to like embrace it and, and use it for, all the good I can take out of it because it is a reality. And I think our company is an example of that. Like I could, I see both sides. I mean, obviously I have vinyl and I, I, I recognize the downside of it all, but like there is also a good side of it. Um, Which is what? That we can access this information and that we can, that we can put out, music on our own and that we can we i mean literally like we if this was because the game that's good pat well i think i I think i think it's when you were talking about that i was thinking about how it's kind of bad and i kind of don't like that even right now music like there's a new there's a new like rapper every week and then they release an album and it's like a blip on the radar and it's gone like i remember when like Someone released an album. It was like, I'm going to like listen to this album. And it like, it's like life was so much longer. And it felt now an album feels like a bunch of singles. I don't know if it's good either. I agree with what you guys are saying, but it is a reality in the same way that the industrial revolution wasn't good, but it was also a reality. Right? Yeah. Evolution. I, I I would love all this if we were being nicer to each other. Yeah. Then I would be all I would be pro well, all of this. What do you mean, like politically? That's or? actually a really good point. And no, I think just that's in, part just of the in reason. just in general. Mm, I think people are nice to each other. This is like such a good segue. I think. I mean, no, no, no. I think people are nicer to each other now than they've ever been. Well, yeah. you're 22. Well, I also I also feel like there's this there's this comedian. He's like, uh, I forgot who it was, but he's this black guy. And he was talking about time travel. And oh, yeah. his white friend wants to time travel. Where would you want to go? He's like, and then the, the black guy's like, uh, no matter where I go, I'm like, it's bad for me. <laughs> like, if he goes back to like, like two years, like five years ago, it's bad for him. And if he goes back like 50 years ago, it's even worse. And if it goes back a hundred years well, ago, we, we've come a long way with, yeah. rac- with racial prejudice. Well, I, that and like people and even like stuff like the, uh, like, you know, uh, respecting, well, tax, gladiators. Like, respecting women and like, you know, like sexual put- assault and like the me too movement. It's gone too far. Right. Like it, it has gone a little crazy, but if you look at like college, uh, the, the statistics of college reportings of sexual assault, girls are actually report like they're skyrocketing. The reports are going up because they feel more comfortable reporting that stuff. And that's the best way to prevent it, you know? And I feel like the PC culture, um, it, there's, it does a lot of good that you don't see in the news. There's a general like well, I mean, evolution of put- like people just don't like one at, at this AA meeting, this guy was leading and he was talking about how someone stole his car and he made a joke. Like he was like the man, he like, he was, he doesn't, he's not in this neighborhood and he wasn't white. So he definitely stole the car. He made like a joke like that. Right. And no one laughed. It was like silent and awkward. But like last year, someone said a similar joke and people laughed, you know, there's like this slow 
understanding and like growth in like at least American society in general. I think if people were nicer to each other, they would be better drivers. Yeah, well, driving's like a whole other thing. Now. Well, that's not really. That's who you really are comes out there because you're kind of protected and hidden and not really. Or the internet is even more exaggerated. Yeah, because then Those you're are really two examples. You know, yeah. that's where people like mm-hmm. the real them like commonly shows up, and you know, yeah, I think we're, you are who you really are when no one's watching. Or when you know, you're yeah, when you're in your own car, and you know, in the last twenty two years, driving's gotten a lot worse. In what way? People are just ruder. Really? Oh, God, yeah. Huh. You could just get in there. There, there used to be heroes, like in TV shows and stuff, like Little House on the Prairie, and like people you could look up to, like figures, you know? And like now, today, it's oversaturated with like anti hero. Like there's not a hero in movies or TV Irony. shows. Yeah, there's no solid person that you can look up to as like a as like a role model. You know what I mean? They all have sick flaws in in a lot of culture today, and it's like almost like totally gone now. The idea of like a good man, it is. You know, it really is. I, I, I honestly, I think that that is a great segue, sort of into like what this podcast is about, um, and the principles that we live our life by, and. Um, this kind of spiritual path that we're on. And it, I think it's kind of hard to compare and contrast because like while driving has maybe gotten worse, some things have gotten better. Like we used to hang people and throw people into the gladiator. I mean, we were fucking savages back in the day on a lot of levels Especially if you're playing Red Dead Redemption. You're like, yeah, yeah but these people live like shit. Everything I'm saying just comes from my own two eyes. Yeah. I'm not talking about anything. I any of the things you guys are talking about. I'm talking about being in society every day. Yeah. I have noticed that people are, in general, pretty awful to each other. Like, what are the other examples other than driving? <clears throat> I mean, there's so many. Like, I mean, there's so many. Like, what's one out of that? Let me think about that for a second. Okay. Well, I could probably just help you. Like, I think pe- there's so everything is moving so fast that people aren't in the moment. They're like rushing. I, I mean, even I get totally caught up in this. I'm trying because of the program that I, because of like the principles that I try to live by. I'm trying to look people in the eye more. And consider their feelings more and be of service and understand rather than be understood. And, and I think that that's why, you know, religion exists, Christianity and, and Jesus and Buddhism. And it's because it's to keep people because humans are the only species that are capable of like wrong, like doing, like making a, a immoral decision. And we will go that way if given the, the chance. And if we have these certain principles and guidelines to follow, it helps us remember what is important and what's true and what actually makes us feel the best, which is helping and serving others. But we lose track of that so easily, especially in a world that's super fast-paced and oversaturated with all this stuff. It's like we're just on our phones trying to trying to keep our head above water with all these emails 
and the person at Starbucks is like looking at me and I'm like, I'm not even looking at him. Yeah, that's so interesting. And, and it sucks, you know, and I, I'm like aware of it because I have this program and I try to look people in the eye and I try to be nicer and I try to thank people. Like Valerie sent me an email and I'm like, I want to take the time to thank her rather than just move on to the next thing. It's just, it's hard in this, in this world. And we have to try to keep up the pace because everyone else is on that same pace, you know? And it's like, yeah. And as far as the smartphone things go, I was watching a, uh, this morning, actually, I was watching an analysis of why smartphones aren't in movies. And the reason he wanted to talk about it is because, um, Warner Herzog said he had this quote about like, when you're watching something, you want the characters to be like, oh, watch out for that thing coming right at you. And like he was talking about WrestleMania. And um, he used that quote to go into, if our, like, most of our lives are on the phone, then why aren't they in the movies? And he broke down the top franchising movies of 2018 from like Black Panther to Jurassic Park to Star Wars. And he cut out every single phone scene. And... Anytime someone using a phone, it was like Tom Cruise spying on something or like um, they weren't like real. No one was on Instagram. Once one person in Jurassic Park was on CNN reading the news, which is like the one realistic thing. So there's one realistic thing out of all the top grossing films. And if you use all the phone scenes in all the films, and you put them all together, it adds up to one minute. So he's like, if our whole lives are phones, why aren't they in movies? And he insinuates that it's, we have a subconscious resentment towards phones. Like we actually don't Werner like Her- them. Werner Herzog. Well, also, it's fucking boring and, to watch. And, yeah. Well, but Werner Herzog. No, but but no, but it's not that. It's like you're a, familiar a character. With a character reading a book is boring to watch, but that's still shown. Like a character eating is boring to watch, but that's still shown. It's there. It's like specifically against the phone. And um, well, people aren't reading books at dinner. <laughs> what do you mean? People aren't reading a book, at, you know, while they're having dinner or while they're talking to someone. Yeah, but I think it's kind of besides the point of like there is a resentment towards cell phones. And Werner Herzog is saying this. No, 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 no. This was like derived from something he said. And um, I think a lot of people don't know that they don't like their phone. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think like people like you, like you like understand that you don't like it. And then like, a lot of people don't like it. We were kind of stuck in this like, I hate well, my phone. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, this might be kind of difficult for us to process right now, but like our phone is a very small um, bottleneck for us to receive all this information. Yeah. Basically it's our connection to the rest of the world. Um, and it's so small and, and all we have is our thumbs yeah. to access it. But Elon Musk is actually trying to do some good for the world. He really is. And I think he's fundamentally like a good dude that if you listen to his talk on the Joe Rogan podcast at the end, he says, I think we, the most important thing is that we need to be nicer to each other. I swear to God, he said that. That's he like is aware of this. This is the guy who's like like sending Teslas into space. Yeah, his biggest message is be, be nicer to each other. It really is, yeah. and, and 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 that's sort of his like mission statement behind everything he's doing. But 
the, the bottleneck is this phone and it's frustrating, you know, because we're like, we have to look at it and, and we're, and we're disconnected from other people while we're doing it, which kind of brings me back to the Ray Kurzweil thing and like upgrading us so that we can receive this information. Like it's not even that we're receiving it. We just have it. We always have it. And then we're now communicating with each other on this higher level. And that's what Elon's trying to do. He's trying to like widen the pathway. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a street. It's like a freeway, you know, and we're getting this information. I, I, but I think we're, we're missing a, a big, I, mean, I think we're missing a big thing, which knowledge is not power. Information is not the most important thing in the world. And we're losing sight of what the most important thing in the world is, which is love. Yeah. Which is a connection to a higher power which everyone needs, whether you're sober or not, you know? And the, the idea that information is most important is why we're caught up in all this stuff and the rat race and everyone's being worse to each other. Yeah, you know, I agree. Yeah. But the reality is that we are able to access all this stuff and it is happening. So that's why I think, like, it's spirituality is more important than ever. And, um, the, what are some of the, you know, principles you live by or Brian or what you do to stay connected or how do you, you know, navigate in this world? I just try to be present. I mean, that's the biggest thing, you know, is that difficult for you? Not really, usually. But, um, yeah, I try not to make people's lives harder. Just concentrating on that is changes a lot of things that I do during the day. If I'm just simply thinking about that. And when you come up to the counter and someone says, hello, and can I take your order, and you just... Um, barge right into whatever you're doing and don't acknowledge them as a human being <laughs> having their own experience, you're making their life harder. Mm. And it's so common that it's not acknowledged usually, but when you're really present for someone and nice to them. Do you think this lack of empathy is, <clears throat> is, uh, is new? Yeah. Or do you think it's, so what do you think is causing it? Um, I mean, uh, so many things, <clears throat> terrible parenting. So you think there's been like a decline in the quality of parenting? Yeah. Mm. Why do you think that is? Selfishness. So why is there an increase in selfishness? Like I'm trying to get to like the core, like there's like, there's always like a, there's always like a fundamental change that happens that makes all that negative shit happen. You know what I mean? Like, why are we more selfish? Well, in the seventies, which was called the me generation. Did you know that? No, mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know that. It was called the me generation. And that was new. Oh, Veronica, this is Brian. Hi, Brian. This is Veronica. The me generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it was just, you know, it's all about me now. Mm. 
I've been in the front row watching everything since then. Watching the world since then. What, 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 like, in what way were they me? Like, what, how were they the me generation? Like, what nah, did just they think do? about yourself. Do it for yourself. Mm. You're number one. Mm. It's about you. So before that, it wasn't about you. It wasn't socially acceptable as it became for it to be about you. So it became more okay to be selfish. Yeah. Do what, what do you think sparked that? Do you think it's just like the inevitability of being in a mega capitalistic country? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Like, and that's the other cool thing about talking about this stuff is like how Jordan Peterson says, like talking is how we learn. And like, I don't think we're expecting you to have all the answers. I think these are just some of the things that we've been thinking about as obviously have you. And I think that like, there are a lot of cool examples of it or not cool, but just interesting examples of it, like the phone and and the deterioration of like um, music on some levels and oversaturation of kind of everything. And, and I think these are just kind of things we, we touch on, but I think that, being that we're both sober and being that we both have this um, way of life that we try to like live by every day, like that's, um, that's how we navigate through it all. Yeah. And I also just like playing with ideas, like, yeah, like throwing stuff at the wall. Like maybe we became self from the seventies because everyone did too much acid and psychedelics in the sixties or like, you know, or like maybe this, you know, maybe that and we could, you know, I just like playing with ideas. Bringing it back to music, Hotel California. I know people will say that it's about Camarillo State Hospital, which is not. But it's not, yeah. It's really about the underbelly of the me generation. It's really about the dark side of it's all about me. Whoa. That's really what the record's about, according to Don and Glenn. Whoa. It's like the, the, the... I've, I think I've seen that interview and he was, it's like the, the superficial materialistic selfish culture in California. Yeah. The Hollywood, which they were using as a microcosm of the U S. Yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, I don't know if I'm right, but I would say then it kind of is, it is a result of, of capitalism because like in other, in other countries, there's kind of this, yeah assumption and there's kind of this like unspoken guideline of like helping others like that's in love like, and service and yeah it's really weird like uh in like where my parents are from like sri lanka like people are like care about they're so they're so like family ho- there's like hospitality yeah family you know? is so like even in like latin cultures like it's not even a like you live with your parents it's like living with your parents till you're old 40 it's not even like a frowned upon thing it's like family yeah and even even on like a smaller scale like just going to like the midwest like when i went to chicago for the first time i was like blown away by how nice people were you know they'd like smile at you while you're walking down the street and this barista like i was like oh what kind of brownie is this that she may have like, just been she like, was like oh you're from california like oh you could just have it and it and it wasn't though because we stayed with my friend's family and they were like so like the hospital, like they call it like the Midwest is like hospitality, you know, and then they come back to LA and it feels like this cold, shriveled, mm. fucking selfish, ladder climbing society, you know, 
And a lot of my friends who went off to college in other places, they also did the same thing when they came back to LA. Like my friend who was in Portland, Oregon, he came back here and I was like, dude, LA is so like cold, <laughs> cold shoulder. And like yeah. everyone's got this chip on their shoulder because like they didn't become Angelina Jolie or some shit, you know? Dude, like we went up to Morro Bay recently <clears throat> and, uh, once we got past Santa Barbara, we felt this cloud of what we're talking about now sort of dissipate mm. off of us. And we got up there and we were visiting a friend and they said, come next door, we'll have a barbecue. And my neighbors are out there, they're having a barbecue. And there's like 40 people having a barbecue. And, and we were like, what's the occasion? And somebody looked at us like, like we had three heads, you know, and they were like, it's Friday. <laughs> yeah. wow. And like we were the ones who were way off. Yeah. Wow. Well, 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 why should there need to be occasion to do what, what we're literally on this earth to do? Yeah. Which is wow. like mingle with each other and yeah, enjoy our life. It was life. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't want to leave. I, th- that's actually the thing I talk about the most at like meetings is like, um, and it's actually what like my this movie I want to make is about like learning to lose like because this idea of winning and succeeding and this like power like um, hustle grind get money like that's a big driving factor yeah and it, it's a, even in Western culture and, and L A and. And, 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 and rap music's number one in the country, and the, yeah, that's so, all it's about. So it's I like think I think that. that's a big thing, and also like, um, just like realize like what I was what I share about is just like having realized that once I got a lot of that stuff through like a record deal and certain things that I thought w- were gonna fix me, like or like things that I thought were like, you know, I wanted to be like. Not only did I want to do what I love, but really underneath it, I wanted to have like power and I wanted like people to like bow down to me and like love me. And like, I wanted to be able to say, I did it my way. Fuck you. Like, and I want to like have, you know, all that. And it, and I, and I, I got a lot of that to, to a, a large degree and it, it didn't like fix me because I didn't have time for the things that really. Like, what are you going to, okay, so let's, let's, let's play the tape through. You, you become Bruce Springsteen. Now, okay, now what? You're, you're just on the road all the time and you're, you're I mean, he talks about this at, in, on the Mark Marin podcast or, or you become uh, Steve Jobs or this is in, 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 in Western culture, like, that's like the dream and the goal is to yeah. become this like millionaire or whatever. And it's like, okay, now you just have more problems and more money. And, and, um, I mean, that's all cool. I'm not saying that's like bad. I'm saying that like what we're really trying to do and what I really want to do is have like a connection with like the people around me and like these loving relationships, which don't require all that stuff. But like we lose track of that real easily. And we talk about this in the, in the rooms, like, you know, those external things are, are, are fleeting. And, and that's kind of why I, I don't know. Sometimes I say like, God is what's the most important thing, but really it's like this connection to this like higher self or just like these ideas. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I feel like, yeah, I've been thinking about 
that a lot. And I remember the first time I met my grand sponsor, I, uh, he was just like, Hey, what's up? Wickham. And he, he was like really like assertive and he was like, all you need to know is that you're okay right now. You're okay. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with the situation you're in. You're okay. You're right where you're supposed to be. I need to know that right now. (laughs) No one ever told me that. This is crazy. You know, like it was like, whoa, you know, I never thought about that. This idea that I could be okay right now. And, um, and then, you know, there's this other guy who like shared his birthday. He like went on this rant about the illusion of like scarcity, you know, like there's this illusion that there's like not enough money for all of us and there's like not enough resources for all of us so like we have to like put other people down so that we could be the ones that get it but there's like enough to go around yeah like there's plenty and there's plenty to go around you know as far as like resources or like love or anything and those things are not told to people which kind of goes back to your point about the decline in the quality of parenting is like you know how often do people tell kids that like um, there was this psychologist who like really broke down, you know, Tiger Woods you know, his affairs and how like men cheat for validation. And the reason he never had validation is because his dad, ever since he was a little kid was like, hit this ball with this stick, like really good. And then you'll be okay. But he never taught him like, you're okay right now. So his whole life, he's like trying to like, and then I'll be okay. And then I'll be okay. And then I'll be okay. But he like, you have to teach them to be able to be like, I'm okay right now. While you're hitting the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless if I fuck it up or if I do good. like I'm Which is good. What, what Mr. Rogers' whole thing is about, which yeah. is dope. Can you talk about what, what you did last night? Or- <clears throat> yeah. Let's hear a little bit about Brian. I'm doing a forum that lasts a month that is basically a place for men to get together and talk about things that elevate them and bond over things that improve the quality of their lives and the people in their lives because there really isn't a place to do that that I've noticed even in our meetings, you know, mm. there's a lot of, um, even at the men's meetings, you know, there's a lot of, um, you don't hear that talked about very often. I don't. And I never have. It's so it's almost like positivity driven. Well, it's just like, you know, what's your, what's your definition of a man in your heart? Mm. And do you have any role models? And what is your, what is your media diet? What are you eating? What are you watching? Mm. What are you hearing? Because that has a big impact on you, whether you want it to or not. If you listen to negative things that make you think less of the world, then you'll act a certain way throughout the day. And there's things that are really elevating. And if you listen to those things and watch those things, you'll act differently during the day. And, you know, we were talking about how, 
you know, well, kind of going back to what Troy was saying, you know, where there's there's not a ton of um, role models. Men are per- portrayed as scumbags so regularly. It's so okay. Uh, it's bizarre. My sponsor told me years and years ago that when I was 22, actually, he said that in his day, if someone had the word suck on a bumper sticker, they would feel ashamed. Because this mean people suck was like a new sticker in the early 90s, you know? Mm. And that was, that was, you know, somewhat shocking to see at that point. Mm. Somebody driving around with the word suck Whoa. proudly. That's crazy. And he, he was saying, you know, in his day, you'd be ashamed of that. You wouldn't want to do that. You would feel bad for um, waving that in society. You'd feel you'd feel like a dirtbag. Mm. And he was telling me that I couldn't possibly understand that, but that you know he was basically you know it was pretty fascinating. And I and I've watched I've watched a lot of things like that happen slowly. What is your definition of a man? Let's say we're in that meeting right now and you're kind of sharing about it. Somebody who who fixes cars (laughs) and just talks about chicks. (laughs) (laughs) No, we were talking about how, you know, being vulnerable. Yeah, that's the good stuff. You know, is... is, uh, You know, it's some manly shit. It's hard. Being vulnerable, you know, showing your weakness mm. is really a strength. It really is. Like Morrissey said, it takes strength to be gentle and kind. <clears throat> yeah. And then what was some of the other, what was the other thing that you guys talked about that you said you talked about? We talked about, you know, you, just... You said the definition of a man, and then you said something else. The second thing you said. About role models and stuff? Yeah, like, I'm just wondering how that would go if we were actually in the meeting. Like, what would you talk about, you know? Well, you know, we would just ask everybody, you know, who, do you have a role model? I mean, who's your role model? Right. When you think of... I mean, first of all, what does is, what is being a man mean to you in your heart? In your heart. Forget, try and blot out everything that you're shown... Mm. And you're around, but in your heart, what does that look like? Yeah. And is what you're doing today moving you closer to being that or further away from being? It's that? a good question. I, I, I think what comes to mind is like my relationship with my, with my wife. And you probably might think about like your relationship with Jess or your relationship with your wife. And that's kind of where it shows up. We talked about that mostly. Yeah. Like, can you... Can you give without the intention of receiving? Can you be a true giver? Well, this is this this is the premise that I started from. So I feel like okay, we work in everything 
but really it's so that we can have the life when we're not working. That's yeah. That's the whole thing. But right? that's the part of our life. We sometimes treat the worst. Right. And really. We should be uh, clocking in when we arrive at home. Yeah. Uh-huh. Instead of clocking out Whoa. and giving <laughs> so them good. our worst. But this is the Western culture that we are brought up in, right? It's to yeah. clock in and get, that's the problem. I think that we're kind of starting to tap a little bit into like what the real core issue is. I've never heard that. Yeah, but it makes sense. Sorry to cut you off. I'm just no, getting that's, excited that's what I, about that's, I really do look at when I get home as being my primary job. Yeah. She should be getting my best. Yeah. She should be getting, because we're nicer to newcomers. We're nicer to strangers. Yeah. Whoa. Shouldn't be that way. No. It shouldn't. Actually, Troy told me about this meeting you do, that you did about talking about how to be, um, how to act right for our wives and stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that I set this spiritual tone in my house whether I want to or not. So if I'm a mm-hmm. mess, I see what happens in my home. Mm-hmm. And, if I'm, and if I'm living what we're talking about, you know, if I'm cheerfully capitalizing, um, when trouble comes, then I, I see what happens in my home and... I mean, bottom line, it should be it should be the safest, most peaceful place where our partners should be the biggest benefactors of all this stuff. Otherwise, we're full of shit. Yeah. I mean, she should be benefiting. She should be the biggest benefactor. And 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 when Troy said that to me, I think I kind of it it, it helped push me in the right direction, uh, valuing my time with her and wanting to spend more time with her and just wanting to just spend more time with everyone like, and being present. And it's interesting because I think the very beginning of this huge shift that happened inside of me came, I think started from Dane and, and, and watching Dane go through what he went through with his cancer and wanting to be there for him. And just like all the other shit in life, like just dissolved my struggle with hyper crush and trying to come up. And I'm like, I'm with this guy who's struggling for his life every day. And you're seeing his, his physical form change. And, and, and you, me just being there was like so awesome for him. He, it brought him so much joy and happiness and and then we started filming him and having him play songs for for this this charity and it was just like that and then you know it's just it's almost ironic that like you talking about that that was like furthering my the shift that happened within me because for the first half of my sobriety which was five six years it was like go 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 get 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 ego 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 like driven to the point driven the same way I was to get drugs to get this other new thing I thought was going to fix me which was fame and success and then I'm like wait a second dude this is not like working so then I'm like wait yeah. let me put it into this other thing which is sort of God related yeah yeah I mean aside from the impact you have on the people around you 
what the hell does anything matter? Yeah. Honestly. Right. On, on, think about it. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. What does it matter? How much I know or... How much you've accomplished? Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, like yeah. Somebody at Jason's house, the songwriter I know, said... Excuse me, I have to see the time. He said, uh, I want to be remembered. I love how you say, excuse me, I've checked the time on your phone. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's the real deal. It's like when I'm talking to someone, they check the time on their phone. I'm like, am I boring you? Like, are you trying to leave? But like, yeah, that's that's the impact we have I'm going to start doing that. I I had to check the time. My my, uh, close friend of mine just had, they just had a baby yesterday. And uh, I'm going to stop by there on the way back before I give... My wife, the car tonight, so she could do her sound baths. She does sound baths. We have one right there, hmm? right in the corner, the, the sound bath. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but anyways, sorry, go ahead. He said something that was so cool. He's this really cool Australian songwriter, and he was just like, um, I, I, I want to be remembered. When I die, I want to be remembered as like, well, that guy was so cool to work with. I really liked being around that guy. And and rather than like, you know, he made all the number one hits and he was a fucking asshole, which so many of them are. I just want to be remembered for like being like fun to work with. And, um, you know, I, I almost don't feel like it's a person. It's like not even, it's not even their fault. Like the first person that came to mind right now is like Tim who I love are my partner and like their boss sort of, he has a tendency to be sort of harsh cause he's under a lot of pressure. So that's where it gets tricky is like when you're, cause on some levels, because he's creating all this work for us, we get to do what we love. So it's like, maybe he's not like nice in the moment, but if he wasn't doing this other stuff, like we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have the luxury of being able to do what we love and make a living doing it. So I never thought about it that way. Well, I think about it like that a lot, but I think it's possible to do both to, to, to get the work and also be a nice person. If you can remember what's important and sometimes we can lose track of that. Like I'm sitting here right now. Right. And I have to go to India in the morning tomorrow. And it's hard for me to like relax and be in the moment because I know I have to pack and, I'm going to be gone for two weeks and it's hard. I'm like really struggling because I'm in fear. And it, it, like you said, like, what does it matter? What does any of it matter? Like, cause I'm shooting a video out there and I want to do it right. And, and then we're shooting another video right when we get back. And I'm just kind of like, in maybe, this- but tomorrow's not promised. Yeah. it's a daily reprieve. And I think we just need to remind ourselves of this stuff every day. And it's part of why we do this podcast every week is because it's almost like a meeting, another form of a meeting. What I have noticed about myself is that if I am in tomorrow mentally, or I'm in yesterday mentally, I have anxiety a hundred percent. And I have anxiety because tomorrow and yesterday are godless because they're not real. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. God is only in this moment. Well, he's real. So I'm like, dude, I'm tripping out on Saturday and God's like, get back to Friday. 
Yeah. I can't help you on Saturday until Saturday is now. Right. I'll help you on Saturday when it's now. <laughs> yeah. But of course it's scary to like trip out of the future because you're alone. You're all alone out there. And God's like, hey, will you come back here, please? Mm. No, but you don't understand. This is complicated. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> you don't understand. This involves money. Yeah. Listen, this God, involves, you don't, get, you don't it. get it. Well, it's lenses and all yeah, this other stuff. This is too complex for me to get into, God, but... <laughs> Gimbals <know>. and Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. I know, like God's the most complex. Yeah. He's just like, okay. Yeah, like... God, okay. you don't get it. I invented <laughs> Wi-Fi. Like, okay. it's gonna yeah, be but fun, this involves... Me. I mean, you know... Let me unwrap it. Let me explain this to you. Well, I don't have time, but anyways. So, so when you're, when you have something big, like, like your show, the snail, Brian does this really awesome, uh, show, which I can't wait to go to the next one. And I hope you can come. It's like so fucking dope. It's like, uh, it's called, uh, thank you. The, the polite snail. Yeah. And, uh, he, he's now made all the music for it. And, uh, we should have a link to, I guess the Instagram or whatever you have a website and, and what's a couple bumper stickers or just, just do a couple of the funnier things. But, but so there was a segment on the show where, but go ahead. But before we do that, I just wanted to get my question out, which was before the day, like the day before the show, you're, you've got to be thinking about that next day. Mm hmm. And you're kind of in anxiety. So what are some of the things you do to, I guess you probably just think about what you just told me, which was God is. I honestly, yes. I mean, it's just, and sometimes it's, it's harder than other times. And yeah. that was a tough night. I remember the night before the show, I was sort of frozen yeah. and I had this recurring nightmare that I would go up there and I would tell a joke uh-huh. and a hundred people would be like, I had that nightmare for you. You know, and they shake the, I had no, the nightmare for you. No, and then they would, I was they thinking, would shake like, their head. Is this going to go good? And they'd like look at their watch and they'd, just be, and they'd get up. Yeah. Just look, and shake their heads the whole way out. And I, and I, just, I just kept having this recurring dream of silence. And so my wife actually said um, to, to help you with that, when you first go on stage, be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, and it really broke the ice, and it really helped a lot. Yeah, man. Wait, I don't. I don't understand why. I, I went that? up there and I just said, you know, I said, uh, you know, I'm gonna make fun of a bunch of things, but the truth of it is that these things, you know, have broken my heart, and I'm in the mood to laugh at myself, and I hope you guys are all in the mood to laugh at yourselves. He was just like honest. And, I was just honest about like I'm. Uh, I wasn't trying to be. Maybe you say I'm yeah. a little nervous. You're just a real person instead of trying to be this person, like this yeah, like you know? Johnny Carson, like you know. And then I yeah. came out there like you know on you know. I remember smoke and it, it was a super awesome experience to see how like everyone was so supportive and like the crowd reactions were so awesome. And he <laughs> has this really cool show and. It's just really like cool. it's fucking awesome. I I'm like officially like want to like I don't know if you have someone to help you with this, but I think we should like do it right, like film it right next time. Oh, I'm I'd love to talk about that. You know what I mean? Like some zooms on him, a tight on him, a wide on the crowd, 
and, and do like this is the polite snails second or maybe first YouTube. I'm ready for Zooms too because I'm getting plastic surgery next month. I mean, all of this is going to be done. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so let's hear some bumper stickers or some of your favorite uh, just to kind of maybe wrap it. How, where are we at? Yeah. So just a couple of my favorite bumper stickers. Or just like your things that you like about the show. So what? what um, so there's a segment on there where, where there was a, it was the T.H. Loomis gift shop. Because I'm T.H. Loomis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't forget that when you edit this. I'm not Brian. I'm right. Thornhill Well, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing it probably a little together. And yeah. Troy will know. And we'll... So anyway, so I go out there. There's the T.H. Loomis gift shop. And Oh, you mean like in the title of the podcast? Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. I was going to uh, write Brian the Cowboy. Yeah. But, okay, cool. So, um, so one of the things was there are these exciting new bumper stickers. And I would introduce a, 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 a regular bumper sticker, and then I would introduce a punchline bumper sticker. And an example of that would be one of the bumper stickers would say, um, I love cycling. And the next bumper sticker said, my body is ripped, but my soul is flabby and gross. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> my child is a, on the honor roll at Sequoia Middle School. And then the next bumper sticker, I'm accidentally teaching my daughter to fear men. Whoa. <laughs> but his, he, he has a natural. Straight laser. But he has a natural, I think you have a natural, which is, this is one of the reasons I want to like, um, do some improv with you and film you and I, I hope you're into it. I actually think that he could be the sober companion. I, I would want to try him. Whoa. I, I think he has this natural uh, timing. You see the way he says it and he looks at you? Yeah. He has this timing and this confidence and this look that is it's uh, attractive. I think Mike has that also. Um, Joe has it. I, I notice it as like a director and a, a person that has been filming my whole life. I see something. Thank you. And I'm like, hmm. But I was afraid you wouldn't be open to trying to just be yourself on a camera. But, but when I saw the snail thing, I'm like, dude, this guy's got it. Oh, I'm open. Yeah. Like, I'm really excited to explore that also with you. Me too. Because you understand sobriety and maybe what it would be like to try to keep some kid in line, you're being paid to keep this kid sober. I mean, it's a, and the kids, you know, not getting it. Yeah. And it's not that, what is this a movie? Yeah. It's not that you're trying to force it on him. Cause I feel like that's what we're getting from Mike. Yeah. It's, it's more so that you're an example because I don't feel like you would be the guy trying to force it on someone. Yeah. You would be the guy that's like, well, well, if I want to help him, then I'm not going to try and force it. Exactly. On. And you would be mm-hmm. the guy that'd be like, well, if you want to do it that way, well, we'll see how it works. Yeah. And I feel like that's what we need. We need more of a like. Have you experienced watching Brian talk to someone that either knows very little or nothing about sobriety? It'll it'll put tears in your eyes. So that's what I that's what I want and that's what I need. It's a platform for us to explore some of the principles of AA, but in a way 
that would be entertaining, not just in a meeting. It's this like kid who's a junkie who w- was a musician and he thinks he's a musician, but he doesn't really understand music the way well, you do. I think that's a better direction for the film too, because I don't like yeah. how the sober companion is like secretly doing cocaine and he's like a fuck up too. Like right. you, you need that good example of AA. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about it. We have a script and, and a really dope trailer and a little bit of some interest with some production companies, but re- really we need a million. But the cool thing about us is that like I'm going to keep shooting scenes whether I get it or not, one at a time. Right. And, and we'll continue to find the characters and figure out what we're doing as we're doing it because we can. Right. It, 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 it's just been difficult um, with this other... It's just funny that I'm like just saying this, but it's true. I mean, I, I love him. He just, he just called. Oh no, that was Max. But, um, so yeah, I, there was one, uh, 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 there's another segment that I really liked, um, in the, the polite snail. He has an Instagram too called the polite snail, the polite snail show, the polite snail oh, show. Wow. Yeah. And some of the stuff on it is, is pretty cool. Oh yeah. There's a lot of news on there. Yes. Actually. Will you? That's where I get a lot of my news. Will you go on there and just tell me like what the latest news okay, is? Okay, it says Golden Retriever Mall's toddler. Oh, will you read the story? Because that doesn't sound yeah. right to me. A pit bull named Golden Retriever vici- viciously attacked a oh, two-year-old okay. boy in a California park on All Sunday. Right. I got it. Okay, what's another story on there? Because I uh, like to keep up with current events. <laughs> <laughs> Ariana Grande, Grande's ex-boyfriend also works in comedy. <laughs> That's pretty good. At least here I said, I like to keep up with current events. Keep on reading it. Yeah, yeah. I like, do, I do. it's good. That's what we need. Yeah. It's a, a little bit elevated. Colorado man smokes so much pot that he actually still feels safe in crowded places. <laughs> You know what it is? This is this is what it is, um, uh, Wickham. Not Wait, to, are these real articles? No. Not to keep sidebarring, uh, but th- there's something I'm noticing right now. My uh, energy, my being filled <laughs> with like piss and vinegar and talking a lot, my intensity. Like I feel like, you know, Mike has that same. We're both like up here. I we I need someone that's like. That, that watches my like crazy and doesn't get affected by it. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like that dynamic like separate from will work insanity. better than like this other dude that, that, that I've been working with. Like when I get like the way I get, like he goes there too. And I feel like the Denzel, the sto like the hero character. This is funny because I feel like this character in this movie should be a hero, like the hero, like the vulnerable, yeah. like the real man. For that's sure. like, re- like, it's really embodying these principles and, and, and they're able to talk about them because they're like, this kid needs it, you know? And eventually yeah. he gets it and writes his best work once he gets sober, which they're Dane songs, which are incredible songs that I've learned how to play. But, um, I feel like if you're both intense, it's, it's, if it, it's cool to do like an improv, but then when you, Doing something that's worth doing and learning about, like how I was saying with the talking, you learn a lot when you talk to somebody. You yeah, ideas up yeah. each other. They put you in a check. They disagree with you. You think more, 
And like when you're doing a project like that and trying to build a character that is a real, not an anti-hero, but an actual hero. An actual hero. Yeah, and you're, and you're building it and you're talking about it, you're trying it out, you're, taking, you're doing takes and, and it's like helpful to yourself as it is if you had eventually put it out there for other people. I mean, that's what it, Yeah, it's funny because people. It's funny because the, the 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 hero character became an anti-hero just because we 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 were forced to write it in that way because I didn't feel a genuine right. hero in that character. So we kind of were like, well, maybe he is lying and he's using this whole time. And we sort of it became that because of who was playing it. Um but um, I don't know. Well, what message do you want to send? Well, I was just—I just had a really good thing that I wanted to say, but um, <laughs> I forgot what it was. Um, well, I mean, like I said, it's not about winning or losing. You know, that's not what life is about. Life is about the the moment you're in, what you're doing, how you're doing it. Are you enjoying what you're doing? Um, you, you miss the whole point, you know, you, you're, you're, you're trying to get this thing you you you, cause there's a scene where I go like, all my friends are successful. Like, I feel like I missed the bus and, and you're like, there's no bus they, they they're not, they didn't get anywhere. Like you, you're, you're, you're not, on the bus already. Yeah, yeah. that's it. You you're know, it's just bus. like that kind of shit, you know, that's it's called title. learning that's to lose. Title. So it's like through loss and like accepting loss and, and experiencing losing as almost like a, a, a form of um, learning, like l- losing is a way for you to grow. It's like, um, it's a, it's this sort construct that we've created. It's not, and it's a lyric in Dane's song. I'm learning to lose. Wait, that's Dane's song? Yeah. Whoa. Uh, I also think it's just a great title. Learning to lose because people will think it's like has something to do with like loser, like drug thing, but really it's not. It's like a a design for living for everyone. It's like, you know, through accepting, through learning how to lose, like, but learning how to lose, like with integrity, like when you lose, it's not like, oh, I'm shit and you're mad. You're like losing, like. And you're like, oh, like, it's okay. Like, it's just one small game in the overall, like, we play a million games in life. Losing one of the games is a part of life. You're going to lose a bunch of games. Like Denzel says, he fucking fell seven times so he could get up the eighth time and actually move forward and stuff like that. It just comes down to how you're treating people in your vicinity while you're losing. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't even see it as losing... It's just living. It's just, right? Yeah. So, um, real quick before we go, can I have one minute to go through these real super quick? Yeah. yeah. Of course. Okay, great. Because if there were a fire in here, this is what I would have grabbed. Oh, I love that. I just want to grab these records why. and I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah I, I love very it. very methodical about it. I mean, so, I don't know. Um, Brian or Thomas? Thornhill. Thornhill grabbed. A handful of records from my record collection, because I showed him where my record collection was. Because he's probably the only person that I know in this world that would appreciate the records I've collected over the years as much as I would. Besides maybe Danny Palomino, but he grabbed a. Uh, I grabbed a stack here, and two of them are Eagles. 
So I grabbed Eagles Long Run because it has some of their most underrated shit on it. Really? That's is that a compilation? No. Oh, really? Is that their last album or one of their later albums? It came out after Hotel California, mm. and it's a fascinating album because they went crazy trying to follow up Hotel California, right? Wow! But still, spit out some of their most. Am- they still came up with some of their most amazing. I can't wait to listen. And they're to like, it. oh my god, we'll never live up to Hotel California, so we'll just put out the long run, heartache tonight. I can't tell you why. It's it's fascinating. It's- Court and Spark is basically Steely Dan if you like a girl's voice. Dude, wait, oh, wait, wait. Is that not... Uh, Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Yeah. That's Danny's favorite artist. If you're only going to um, listen she, to one song, I would recommend Car on a Hill. I love it. I, those two records, I haven't really even listened to. Car on a Hill, it's like you're looking at a painting. It's sort of like a, one of those 5D images. Do you ever see those things where you would have to stare at them? Yeah, and you blur it? and then you look into I never it. was able to see one, but I imagine that's what it's like. When you first look at it, you're like, this, this is nothing. Uh, but you just have to keep looking at it. And then you're like, holy shit. Pretty much my experience with most of the best music I've ever... Right. Um, Troy, will you snap? Or- Paul Simon's first album, 1972. Uh, just an amazing little record where he just, he's just sitting there with a guitar. That's when he used to bend the strings a lot. He was really getting into being a really good guitar player. No one's really heard it. It's a great record. It's funny. I actually have duct tape over where the name of the album is, but he was flipping through it and he just knew what it was. Yeah. It's like, this is uh, Simon and Garfunkel, Bookends, 1968. Uh, you could teach a college class on songwriting just from old friends. So the, the, if you're the, only going to listen to one, listen to old friends. Does that have Miss Robinson it, on it? Is it that, does. Is that it the does. song that goes like, hello, darkness, my old friend? No. Okay. Is that on that record? No. Right. But May Mrs. Robinson. Oh, that's okay. on that record. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, you Jesus keep... loves you more than you may know. That's right. Whoo, that's lyric. Yeah, he's uh but yeah, just this one little song, Old Friends. Mm, I don't even know that one. How does that go? Old friends sat on the park bench like bookends. A newspaper blown through the grass hmm. falls on the round toe of the high shoes of the old friends. I don't know. I don't know. By, oh, by the way, quick, uh, he showed me some of your music last night where you're singing in a very high-pitched voice. It's fucking radical. But that, is that T.H. Loomis? Yeah. Your music? Yeah. Is it on iTunes? Yeah. yeah I was... Pretty blown away. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I've heard the snail stuff, but that was like, I was like, that just can't be him singing. It's like, you really found your voice and it doesn't sound like, I guess I could hear you in it. It doesn't sound like it would come out of me, but it's like, you found that, you found your thing in the way that like Neil Young, who the fuck sings in a falsetto, like all the time. Yeah. Like he found his thing. You know what I mean? And even like Bob Dylan, like uh, whatever, but Let's keep, keep it going. Okay, so this is... It's the Rocky II soundtrack. Came out in 1979. Bill Conti. Bill Didn't Conti. he also do uh, uh, Karate Kid? I don't know. I think he did. This, this guy's ill. Well, also the director did Karate Kid too. Yeah. But just listen to the first track. No. No. 
It's a seventies out, like funk, synthed out. Mm. It's like Rocky, but dude. Could, it's like the Rocky theme, except you could fuck to it. I love this because <laughs> th- those records. I feel like almost all the records he picked are records that I either acquired through like family friends or I, I like, but I haven't really gone in. Like the Joni Mitchell one I've gone in on was is the blue one. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. But like I didn't really dive <clears throat> into that one because I didn't know. And I actually had a lot more records. They've thinned down, but I kept those. Well, those are, yeah, but this is actually really cool because I can't, I'm going to keep these aside. That one I have gone in, in on. Though. Yeah, this is, you know, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band Against the Wind. Running Against the Wind. Just listen to a beautiful song about hell with the Eagles singing backup mm. called Fire Lake. Look at that cover, though. Hold up. That's an album cover, Wickham. Yeah. Like, come on. You can just tell, listen to it, that none of the musicians used condoms. <laughs> Billy Squire, probably one of the most underrated. Uh-huh. You know, Eminem, Eminem sampled a song on that. Yeah. I, I don't know if you, you know that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, there's a fucking banger on that. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple, probably My Kind of Lover. Yeah, that's the one. My kind of love. I actually like the verse better than the chorus of that song. Yeah, you're my situation. That's my favorite album of all time. One of them. Yeah. This is Pink Floyd Metal, 1971. Oh, yeah. On the cover, it's actually a pig's ear. What? Yeah. Don't even, we don't have time to get into it. Oh, I can see it. But I thought it was like water dripping. There's some water on there too, but it's a pig's ear is the main picture. And if you ever want to hear Pink Floyd do jazz, just listen to San Tropez. Mm-hmm. And if you want to like reconsider everything about your life, just listen to Side 2. And don't talk. Wait, hold on, though. That's Pink Floyd like you've never heard them before. It's almost got a country folk. I, it's like just... It'll really... It was long before. The it'll really make you feel something. I believe <clears throat> that that's kind of where they found themselves. It I, is. I, yeah. Because I, 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 when you listen to like um, the Sid Barrett stuff, like the, uh, the one with the, 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 the organ, like, and like... The, Saucer Full of Secrets? Yeah. Or no. Um, the one with like, like Umagama and like... Uh, all those early ones, they're very experimental, which actually tells you a lot about Pink Floyd. They don't give a fuck. They never did. And they just evolved and found themselves. And this is where they, I think, really started figuring out. They would out. agree with that because this is the, they said this is the album where they stopped making music about outer space and started making music about inner space. Mm. And then what was after that? After this, Obscured by Clouds. Fucking so good, too. And, so then, good. and then... And then Dark Side of the Moon. Which and then The Division Bell? Hmm? And then The Division Bell? No, then Wish oh. You Were Here. Oh, that's... Yeah. Then Animals. Wait a second. Then wish You Wall. Were Here was after Dark Side of the Moon? Oh, yeah. It Are you the, sure? Um, a million percent positive. Wait a second. I can't believe that Animals and Wish You Were Here were after Dark Side of the Moon. Because I thought Dark Side of the Moon was sort of like their black album, like Metallica, like when they reached their pinnacle of like um, success and, 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 and. So this came out in 71, Obscure by Cloud, 72, Dark Side of the Moon, 73, Wish You Were Here, 75, Animals, 77, The Wall, 79. Oh my God. The final God. cut, 83. How do you get, how do you get 
the most commercial success any rock band's ever had by a lot of, and then make better music, in my opinion, yeah. that isn't as commercially successful, but still very successful. But yeah. like almost like they didn't like fall off. They just kept getting, and I even think Division Bell is like one of their best records. Yeah. But that comes even later. Much later. That's 90s. Damn, I, it's really crazy to me that somebody knows more about Pink Floyd than me. Do you know where they got their name? So Sid, <laughs> Sid, Barrett, Sid Barrett was a huge fan of these two obscure blues musicians. Mm. One of them's name was Pink Anderson, and the other one's name was Floyd Council. And he said he wanted to have a band that combined those sounds. So he had a band called the Pink Floyd Sound. Wow. So it was originally the Pink Floyd sound. Then they dropped sound and they were the Pink Floyd. And then they dropped the. That's how they got their name. Pretty cool. All right. Air Supply. All out of love. I'm so lost with that. So it's one of these. It's, it's a band that will probably be respected in like 300 years. That, that song, <laughs> when I play that loud, it's one of the best. Next to Toto Africa. It's one of the best sounding songs I've ever heard on this sound system. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. It's a masterpiece. And it makes you feel like it's like my guilty pleasure. It's so fucking good that it's like cheesy. Don't have guilt about it. But it's fucking incredible. It's like they didn't. It's just incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. That's my favorite Steely Dan album. Okay. Want me to tell you the story about this? This cover? Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Okay. So. Donald Fagan, the singer, his girlfriend drew this. Mm. They brought this to the record company and said, here's the cover. The record company said, well, we don't like it because there's five members of the band and there's only three figures. And she said, well, I'm not painting the band. This has nothing to do with the band. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, but we don't like it because there's five of you and there's only three figures. And she's like, yeah, but you're not understanding. Like, it's not a portraying the band mm-hmm. and they were like yeah but we really don't like it because there's only three and she's like okay <laughs> <laughs> so they she just... sort of made these two ghosts here look like two shapes right just to get the radio, <laughs> just to get the record company to shut up i don't know what it is about that album cover but i fucking love it yeah and this was a if phrase it's not they about heard. the band what is it about it's, it's up to her, you it's just her painting it's just what it's up to you mm. like this guy on the right he's like looking at you see that with the long neck yeah and it's the, just like a weird... It the almost, title comes from somebody who was going to get out of the Navy who finally got to get laid. That's the title of that art. That's, that's where the title of the album came from. Oh. What, what does that say? Countdown to Ecstasy. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, but hold on. There's a song on there. Razor Boy. Razor Boy. Fucking... That's my favorite Celia Dan song. Right on. Yeah, it's so good. It's just like... Well, I have a playlist... It's like the song I'll put on the playlist. Yeah. Because it's not like the super well-known one, like Babylon Sisters. Yeah. Or, it's, but it's, I think, better. That fucking intro with that instrument. The, the vibraphone. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Victor Feldman. I mean, I can't even believe this guy. I know. You don't Feldman. understand. Like, even like really crazy Steely Dan fans like don't know the name of the instrument in the beginning of Razor Boy. Like, that's crazy. I mean, I know the song because I happen to like it, but I don't really know, like, the B-sides on, like, Katie Lied. Like, I can't, like, I don't know. 
I just happen to know. So he happens, he probably knows all of it. So the one thing I like, he also gets, but. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, What was I going to ask? Damn it. God, we have run the tip of my tongue about. Oh, Steely Dan. I wanted to ask you about, because they had so many different musicians come into the studio and record, but there's two musicians in particular that actually recorded the track in one go. Yeah, there was there was two. One of them was a guy named Elliot Randall. He played the guitar solo on a song on their first album, Kept by a Thrill, called Kings. He, his girlfriend had just broken up with him, and he was really, really, really pissed off. And he laid down this. He's the same guy who played... Um, Is that the one that goes like... It just sounds really angry. I don't even want to... I'm really good at air guitar, like voicing air guitar, but I don't even want to like try it because it's so good. But that was a one-take... I think I'm pretty sure that was a one take. And then um, Steve Gadd uh, on Asia. Wasn't it Mark Knopfler? I thought it was Mark Knopfler. No. Oh, I'm thinking of something. No, but Mark, he Knopfler, did. Mark Knopfler had a terrible time recording with them. Oh. Wow. Yeah. But Mark Knopfler is such a good guitar player. He put um, Eric Clapton into a depression. You were telling me. Yeah, Eric Clapton went to see Dire Straits and then like was super depressed afterwards. Yeah. And his friend was like... You know, the story goes. His friend was like, dude, it's okay. You play a different style. Yeah, you do. You play a different style. Nobody can be as cool as Mark Knopfler. I mean, Sorry. Come on. Yeah, it's not. But he's dope in his own right. Yeah. yeah Spider-Man, Superman, you know, different powers. So Steve yeah, Gow was yeah, on the drums. Yeah. Steve Gow was on the drums for Asia. And Asia's a really complicated song with lots of time changes. Yeah. And he just sat down and, and there was parts of the song when all it said on the, on the chart was make something up. Mm-hmm go play a solo and in the middle of Asia there's a bunch of times when he plays this drum style that's really common now but it was pretty new at the time and all the other musicians were just like like they all fucked up their parts Mm. because they were just kind of watching him so his was the only thing that didn't need to be re-recorded so but 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 here's the thing about Seely Dan which might be interesting because since you don't know a lot about them is they don't you could rip like the sickest fucking line and they would be like, oh, that was cool. Like, Can you do it again? But like, we're good because like, we've heard that. You crushed it, but we're not looking for like, we want like the different, like yeah. the weird, the, the thing with the emotion. And, they, and if it sounded like wrong or weird or they were looking for that like original new thing, it's cool because like you could come in there and just fucking nail it. And they're just be like, oh, like uh, there was no emotion in that. That's why Mark Knopfler hated recording with him because he didn't have any experience with that. He 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 would play something, it would be great, and they were like, do it again. And he mm-hmm. didn't understand like, why am I playing this like fifty times? Like, what are you looking for? Yeah, like literally like fifty. Like they were fucking insane. And you can really, it's like the tightest. There's no BP. There's no like metronome in their songs. You know what a metronome is? Yeah. It's like. You know, it's all feel and like, um, you know, it's just, it's, but it doesn't, it sounds like there's a metronome. It's fucking perfect. It's perfect, but there's that human feel to it, which mm. is very difficult to. And if you ever want to chase girls away or kill a party, play Razor Boy. That's my favorite song. I know. What's it I love about? it. I, I understand. Love it. What's it about? Bleepy, it's just, you'll just bleepy. notice if you play, you'll just notice it's not everyone's cup of tea. It's, you know what the funny thing about Steely Dan is? It's fucking really ironic, I guess, is that you'll hear their music in Ralph's, 
in the elevator. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it I shouldn't... fucking love this song. This is elevator music? <laughs> it like works as that because yeah. I don't know. It's just like not like in your face or it's, it's complex enough. It sounds safe. Yeah, but it also yeah. isn't like super like memorable, like catchy, like except it's for like beat. reeling in the years. But m- most of it is like you can listen to it a thousand times, and it's not like 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 Tom Petty's like I get it, like it's great, but like it's so catchy that like it's like as soon as you hear it, you're like I know that's that. And I almost don't want to really listen to that because I just know it so well. But Steely Dan, you can keep listening to it, and it's like it's not like. Um, like obvious if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. it's hard I, to explain. I, I've listened to second arrangement so many times, and the recording, like you, like you said, wasn't the oh best recording. Gosh. But I won't. Every time I listen to it, I want to listen to it again. Mm. I look forward to listening to it again. Oh my god! It's it, what, what, what's going to get me started on that song? Second arrangement. It's a song they never released because the engineer accidentally erased almost all of it. But there's like a bootleg copy of like terrible quality of this amazing song that was supposed to be on gaucho oh. that they never released so you yeah, gotta send that to me yeah i don't it's know how to crazy good all right i have to go so let me just fl- fly through this real quick if i can uh electric light orchestra el dorado first time they used a huge orchestra because they had enough money to do it mm-hmm. and uh the the musicians were union and so like at four o'clock you could hear him on the record putting down their instruments. They were so strict. <laughs> uh, rush moving pictures. Yeah. I mean, if I have to explain to you, I'm really not talking. Yeah. Limelight. Yeah. Uh, pretzel Logic. Funny story about this cover. They took this picture in Tompkins Square Park in New York because they thought it was cool because he misspelled pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> And they asked him after pretzels. They were like, uh, "Can you? Can we use your picture?" And That's he was so like, that no is... fuck off. Get out of here. You can't use my picture. But they really liked the picture, so they did some research on him and found out he didn't have a business license. Oh, so, that, so they used it. Anyway. How the fuck do you know all this? And that is literally that is Steely Dan in a nutshell. That's it. The cover of their album has the wrong spelling of the word pretzel and the right spelling of it up here. That's Steely Dan. The irony of that. Yeah. And like, you don't know it. I never fucking knew that, but it's there. Yeah. For the people that want to see it. Yeah, exactly. And I, being an avid Steely Dan fan, still have new things to learn about yeah. Steely Dan. Yeah, and this, Cat Stevens, T for the Tellerman, if you're just looking for a good spiritual album mm-hmm. uh, with uh, timeless melodies mm-hmm. and uh, lyrics with depth. If you're not into that kind of thing, fine. Fuck you. Um, Pink Floyd Animals, 1977. It's really the only time Pink Floyd ever really like just jammed. They mm. like got together and kind of jammed on this. Um, Some great synth stuff too. Yeah, and then I think the most underrated record here, Jerry Rafferty, City to City. Yeah, like the sickest, the, the, really the only dope rock song ever with like a fucking sax. Like the best one. Yeah, the best one for sure. But yeah, then you look at him and he's just, you know, he didn't want to be a star and he just looks like he's loitering behind the piano. Hmm. Um, he was an alcoholic. Huh? He was an alcoholic. He died of alcoholism. Who didn't? Jerry Rafferty. Very sad. No, I mean like they all have yeah. something. Right, right. And then this record, which we already talked about quite a bit, but 
Anyways. Hotel California. Hotel California. Uh, the Eagles. Yeah. So. And watch the documentary on the Eagles. It's incredible. Um, also, I wanted to ask you if you've seen the uh, Grateful Dead documentary, the Amazon six-part fucking... I don't know if you like them. The I respect great, them. Yeah. Me, I, that's kind of how I felt. I saw this six-part documentary on them, and I realized they're actually probably the most authentic band of all time and they embody punk rock they do it, it's a different conversation but um next time it's incredible thanks for listening to a really long right. really awesome podcast and honestly i can't wait to have uh, brian back on the podcast and uh what thornhill, Th- thornhill. th loomis okay cool i gotta kiss like so bad all right